Hey, folks, what are the Redneck Country Podcast? You are on with Real Redneck, Todd Millard. That's me. And we got the almost guy, as always, Real Redneck, Bill Tom. Bill, are you there? Happy podcast night, everybody. Beautiful day. Beautiful day for a podcast. It's a perfect day for a podcast. Hey, I don't even have a tea tonight. I got on this call and I got nothing, no beverage in, in my proximity. It's weird. <laughs> Whatever will we do? Like, what, what, what is going to go with your crumpets? <sighs> I don't know. I'm just looking around here. Not much. <laughs> or is it biscuits? Biscuits? <laughs> Crumpets? Nothing. nothing. I, I, hands free today. Why don't you call call yeah, like call your husband and and have him bring you some coffee? <laughs> I was trying to wave my wife down here in the window, but she she's not paying any attention to me at all. She probably None. stole your tea. She's probably up there <laughs> drinking it. <laughs> so. Uh. Hey, let's, then, let's find out who else we got. I was going to say, and we also got the patriarch, Redneck Country, sitting beside me because he can't do it from his place because of technical difficulties. The patriarch, my father, Don, Dad, are you here? I'm here. Holy I'm enjoying this. He is here. That's loud. He just blew my eardrums again. It's like I was 12. Yeah, getting yelled at again. Yeah, right? <laughs> Hey, I wanted to uh, start off before we get into too much, but just saying a great big thank you. I got a got home from work today after a tough day, and and uh, opened up the uh, the mailbox was opened up already for me, and in there was uh, a package of do not bend pictures and clothes. And I tell you what, that that lit, lit a smile right up on my face there because I got some pictures of our our goose hunt where we went on. Uh, that we talked about, I think, in the last podcast or the previous previous one, and uh, it, it, they're going in a frame and they're going right up on the wall. So, thank you very much for those. Oh, you're welcome. That was great. Mine's already on the wall. That's that's Dad's thing. I got I got my walls downstairs are nothing but pictures, and it's been going for I don't know how long. He has been grabbing photos. He, and now used to be the development thing way back in the day. Now that you can go like to Walmart and do the self print deal or oh, like, look out you're it's nonstop. So now yeah. I have no wall space. I don't think left anywhere. <laughs> and I got boxes of pictures, but I'm slowly like, I don't need paneling or drywall or anything on my walls downstairs because it's just pictures. We're good to go. So important to me. So honestly, so important and, and that you got me a, a smaller picture too. You sent one of those that's going right into my hunting album. Cause I got a, an album that I'm starting to create for, you know, the past two, two, three years. I, I every time we, we, we take a picture at the camp or there's a harvest of an animal, whatever it is, uh, I'm building this album up so that when, you know, I'm sitting there in the middle of winter time, having my tea in front of the fireplace, <laughs> I can uh, look back and, and enjoy the hunts of hunts gone by. And I'm really, really trying to collect some of the old, old stuff that my grandfather from his time, you know, just to, to see some of where, where our roots in hunting started. And the pictures make it so nice to talk to and remember the hunts of, of ah, gone by. So. I'll back you up on that. It is nice to have them. And now that you say that dad's sitting here, I don't want to spoiler alert. We'll get into it in a bit, but dad has his journal or logbook of all of our hunts that he brought over tonight sitting beside him because he wanted to make reference to it. 
So, which is nice. also cool, right? Like you've got everything in that book. What all is in that book, Dad? Well, I've kept a hunting journal ever since I started hunting. But this one is a separate journal for when you started hunting. And so you started hunting and your first hunt was September 14th, 2002. And it was a goose hunt. And that was up at Rob Harris's place just south of St. Mary's. And we were at the trailer. So from September 14th, 2002, it's got all our hunts in it. No doubt. Isn't that That's cool? That's awesome. That yeah, is, that is pretty cool. It is. It's really neat. What, what kind of what kind of uh, documentation do you do on the hunt? Huh? Did I what? Sorry, what, what kind, kind of documentation? Like, what do you done? write down? What oh, I was just looking at that. Like, okay, that first hunt, it tells where. And it says Todd's first hunt. Here's one from Saturday, October 3rd, 2009. Three mallards, one drake, two hens, Don, Todd, and Gary, flooded wheat. And so that's, uh, you know, it tells us where and it tells us flooded wheat. And it, it, that's what I've got in there, like different, different, uh, different fields and different details all the way through. Yeah, that's good. You don't have to write a, a novel every hunt, but just a nice little something to, to commemorate or to remember the hunt by it. I'm sure you remember that hunt, Todd? I do. I do. Because yeah. we used our, our goose chairs in that hunt. I believe. Or, but was it? Our yeah. Butt? It was our goose. And we got wet butts because it was flooded. But we had to get close <laughs> enough to where they were landing that we had no options. And so it was a little bit chilly. Yeah. And that field is no longer at our disposal. It uh, It's uh, no hunt zone. We cannot hunt there anymore. No. Oh. There you go. Yeah, that's good. I try to keep. Uh, I try to keep a deer hunt journal of uh, Candace uh, is a leather worker, as we brought up in a couple yeah, podcasts. A very good a, one. Yeah, she did a really good job. I gave her all these tough projects to do, and and one of them was to build me a, a journal cover. And I'm not sure if uh, if you've seen that, Todd, but um, it's a leather bound uh, cover covered book that I keep some pages in, and and uh, at night after the hunt's over, uh, usually at the hunt camp. While we're sitting around after dishes are done and waiting to, to go to bed, I'll, I'll write down just things that happened in the day, what the weather was, what direction the wind was blowing, what, what stand I was in, who saw what, if there was a harvest, who had it. And, uh, you know, I mean, I, I'm not as diligent as I should be for to do every hunt. What? But, uh, that's not the it, Bill Tom. I know that's Bill Tom. Yeah, that's the other guy. That's, uh, that's the other uh, ugly twin brother that's I got. The, the well, or the better looking twin brother. That's the unorganized. That's that's the coffee drinking bull riding. That's Bill Thom. Yeah, that's, that's the other guy. <laughs> that's the one just, Candace just married. That. She doesn't know who this dude is. It's dipping tea bags in this mug all the time now. That's it. <laughs> but she, yeah, I, I should get more diligent to be honest with you, because there's uh, with with the pictures can come a nice story of remembrance when when the concussion syndrome hits. Uh, right. Yeah. At least I can read, hopefully, at that point in time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. I, and no, you know, you, you talked about putting the pictures on the wall, and at home, my downstairs and my office downstairs is where all my taxidermy hangs, and Avery loves to get down. That's Todd Younger. She loves to get down there and pet all the taxidermy and look at all that stuff. And I just happened to be sitting here in the studio and I can see through the kitchen down the hall. And I had a, a jackalope hanging in my office down there for years. <laughs> and I just happened to notice 
that my jackalope is now hanging in Todd's hallway. My vestibule. We call that the vestibule. The vestibule. Oh. As Avery loved to go down there because it was so soft and so wonderful. She begged to take it home. She said, Grandpa, this jackalope has to come to my house. And so that's where it is. It's it's in their vestibule. I just happened to look up and notice it. In my vestibule. Now. Vesta yeah. Buell. That's four syllables, folks. That's how you know you're high fluting. We, <laughs> we, we're, yeah, it, Bill, you got your Starbucks tea? <laughs> you sure that's four at Italy Street? Like, hold on. Let me do it on my hand again. Vesta Buell. Vesta Buell. Vesta Buell. Vesta Buell. Vesta Buell. I'm a fast talker. It's still four syllables in my world. <laughs> <laughs> just, just check. <laughs> Sophisticated. Sophisticated. We are rocking and rolling. You know you're ready. That's our, our mouth exercises to get ready for this. That's it. Sophisticated. <laughs> so what'd you do this week? Tell me. Tell me tell me what happened in uh, the, the great uh, St. Thomas. Uh, oh, we want to get into that? You tell us what you did this week, and then we'll what tell you what we did I, this week. It was, it was a good week. We had a... Uh, um, a lot of work stuff went on, but I tell you, I had some wildlife settings that I don't I think I've ever seen in my life. I was driving driving to work. Yeti? I don't even think it was. Was it? it a no, it, it was it was a Sasquatch. Sasquatch? El Chucabrata? I was driving driving to work, and I just happened to be going into Thornton, where I live, and I, I drive down uh, this Baxter side road, and I, and I look over, and there's a most beautiful red fox that i've ever seen with a big plump rabbit in its mouth coming down the hedgerow in in town <laughs> i don't know where this fox was coming from i don't know where it was headed uh, it was on a, a a cedar hedgerow and it was proud as proud could be with this massive rabbit that was about half its size in its mouth just prancing down, down, down just the road prancing down yeah. down the road and i thought that's awesome. I mean, it's too bad for the rabbit, but at least <laughs> I, I don't think I've ever seen a fox in this area. I see lots of coyotes and I see lots of, you know, other animals, but I had never seen a fox before. And to see it hunting and, and doing well, that, that was pretty cool. That is awesome. So I saw that. I like seeing so fox. I, yeah, me, me too. I, that's one thing. If I see them out, I, I won't shoot a fox. It, it, you know, as no. a predator, I don't, I don't view them as a predator. Yeah, I've had uh, the know. same conversation with some of the old guys at the club. They won't shoot a fox. There's just not no. enough around, and they do too too good for the environment, and they're just nice to look at, to boot. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at, too. I don't need a fox tail or anything like that. The meat you can't eat. I mean, a coyote, I find, is a predator for, yeah. for shooting deer and stuff, but a fox is too small to take anything but my chickens, and I don't have chickens, so <laughs> we're, we're good. <laughs> <laughs> so, but... So later, the same day, now I'm, I'm going a little bit further down Innisfil Beach Road to, towards the 400, just to give you an idea where I drive every day. And I look to my, my left, and in the field is 70, 80 geese already landed. Mm. And coming over the, the hedge, or coming over the hedge is another 70 or 80 in a flock. They weren't coming in in ones and twos in this field. They were coming in in a massive <laughs> a massive flock right in. So it, I'm thinking, hmm, maybe, maybe, because I could talk to the farmer and get permission to hunt this field. So this was this was Monday. Tuesday, they moved a little bit further west on the same field. Morning and night, I was seeing the same 
bunch of geese uh, in in the field and coming to, to, to land in the field. And as the week progressed uh, up till today, even, um, well, it's not today, but that's another part of the story. But uh, the geese started moving further and further west in this field till, till yesterday morning. Uh, I was coming down and there was a coyote standing in the middle of the field and the flock of geese were there and just getting ready to get up and go as the coyote was working its way, uh, stalking across his field at this flock of geese. And they, the, the geese that were behind it trying to get in the field, I must have seen the coyote at the same time that these birds were trying to get up because they, you know, backpedaled their wings and, and took off. And I didn't see them yesterday night, and I didn't see them either time I went past the field this morning. So a little mm. bit of a disappointment there. Now, I got a question for you. When those geese were getting ready to take off, what did they look like in the field? Oh, they were bunched. No, no question. It, when, you know, up to that point in time, I was watching the flock in the field. You know, I drive past at a clip, but I was driving past slower when I knew that there was a, uh, a chance to see some birds and they were spread right out up till they were bunched together. And I noticed that there was a coyote coming their way and, and they just, they, they pack, I say packed right up, but they flocked, you know, they flocked, flocked up. right up and flocked uh, up they, heads they wanted, up. Yep. Yeah. They wanted nothing to do with that coyote that was coming across the field. That's for sure. Man. Right on. So done. no more geese in that field, but that's okay. I didn't have permission to hunt it, but I was looking to see if I could get permission for, uh, for next weekend, but that's not going to happen now. And I guess I'm going to have to get into my, my deer hunting phase of my, uh, my, my year and and this weekend is going to be a great weekend for the tom family <laughs> you found out where my brother's going i did i did i, <laughs> I called him by accident when i was getting ready to call you for this and he's heading yeah. up north to get all ready for deer yeah we're uh with the covid situation and stuff going on we're kind of spreading our time out a little bit and and we're gonna set up this weekend i'm taking hunter north i've got everything Believe it or not, I had it already on Sunday. I'm not going till this this Saturday morning, but last Sunday I had everything all taken out of the hunting shed. My <laughs> tree stands <laughs> set out. <laughs> that yeah, far I in advance. <laughs> I did. My brother says, hey, you're a go-getter. Yeah. I said, yeah, I mean, I got to be ready. Right? Yeah, why don't you swing by my place? Get my crap out too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I got my tree stand down. Uh, I got my my tent for the palace. Uh, my chair, the palace. Yeah, the I elevated got it all set up. Yeah, the Taj Mahal. Awesome. Do yep, they deliver? Be... Do they deliver to that? Does it have an address? Yeah, Uber Eats. Uh, I can get Uber Eats comes right to my door. <laughs> Drone comes in. <laughs> oh, I got my tea. That's it. Oh, and my, my crumpets. My, my sandwich. I, I sent you a picture with last year, maybe a year last before. Year, I had yeah. my, my sandwich. I was heating it up on my, my uh, big buddy. buddy heater. Heater buddy. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Hard life. Cooking grilled cheese yeah. in the Taj Mahal, sipping your Starbucks. It, it was tough. I tell you what. And, and we shot deer. So, <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. That was my week. It's going to be a next podcast. I'm hoping to be able to tell you guys because one of the the spots that I I shot my deer in last year called stable field because it used to be a old old stable many, many, many years ago. 
uh, has overgrown to where my dad says, you may not be able to put your tree stand up in the same spot it was last year and see anything. So I'm kind of humming and hawing to mm-hmm. see if I have to find and scout out a new spot. But that's part of the fun anyway. Where are you going to put the apples? Yeah, well, <laughs> <laughs> I don't do as much as my brother does. My brother, holy cow, he's got he's got a plan. And we talked about this before. And he's got the same plan. Yeah, yeah. It's it's uh, filled up the back of his pickup truck, and he's going to drop the whole. Uh, what do you call them? It's not a a bushel skitter. Oh, it's more than a bushel. It's a bin. It's a it's a bin of apples. I would call it a truckload. Yeah, it's what it is. But I'm fairly sophisticated. Yeah. So a bushel is what it is <laughs> to you. Got it. It's a big bushel. Big it's big like, bushel. 40 bushels. I don't know what it is. It's massive. <laughs> the amount of apples he's going to put down. And let's see what's going to happen. That's so. awesome. There you go. Yeah. Right more, more to come next week. Yeah. I'm excited to hear how that goes. Yeah. Right on. Me too. So tell me. All right. So uh, our week, we really only have one thing really to talk about, which will probably become the, and that's why I pushed it back to you, probably become the center of this podcast is because last Saturday we got out and went after some geese. I messaged you to come down, but you had that your priorities aren't in check. I don't know. There's not the tea sucks here in our town. I don't know what it is, but something was right. I had a barbecue I was doing too, which I sent you pictures of. Yes, yes, yes. Rub it in. Just saying. So, so yeah, so we, we found a field and dad went out and found it and we were ready to rock. And so we gathered Scott and got his nephew, that's the apprentice hunter, and, and we went out and, and set up on Saturday morning, and, and we did okay. Could have done a lot better, but so it was a fact-finding mission. I want to know. Yeah. I want to know. Did, your dad found this field for you. You didn't have to go out and, and, and run, the, no. run the lines. Of- I got a call. What was it? Thursday morning? Friday morning. Friday morning, Friday morning, I got a call or a text. Dad said he found a field. Well, all right. He said about 200 going in it. Well, okay. We're good to go. Stand out. <laughs> and he trusted you. He, yeah. He trusted you. Wow. Yeah. He, <laughs> he actually did. He kept asking me questions. Where were they? Were they right like right here? Right where we're standing. There's where they were. <laughs> that doesn't surprise me at all. <laughs> Oh, but yeah, well, it was, it, you got to be certain, right? You got to be where they are. Some of these fields are so freaking huge that well, I, you almost want to put a coyote decoy in the far back corner. So that pushes them to the front corner. Well, I tell you what, you're absolutely, absolutely right. When you say that, because of my experience, uh, when I was watching that flock of geese in that field every day, they were moved from where they were the previous day. Mm-hmm. So if you, if you, scouted that field on Monday and were to set up on Thursday, you would have been 300 yards off from where they were the night before. And if it's a big field that can really, really suck. And you think, well, I'm in the same field and it's early enough. We could decoy them, but I'll tell you, I'm going to tell you a story just now that proved that wrong. And this field wasn't that big, to be honest with you. It's not, it's probably one of the smaller fields we hunted, right dad? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so yeah, you, I tell you, if you got a big field and you're in that field, you still aren't, you got to make sure you're precise. So do you, uh, you put out all the decoys? Okay. So we weren't gonna, but, okay, but so we get in there and we got to figure out where the wind is, right? Geese land into the wind. So what's the wind looking like? It's looking like it's going to be about 23 kilometers an hour, which is okay. That's decent. 
and it's going to be northeast. Okay, so northeast, we kind of figure out, hey, this is perfect. We are shooting exactly away from the road, away from everything. We're going to be shooting absolutely. There's going to be feet in our face shooting them. So this this made it really simple, and I mean way simple, because you you know when you were with us how much extra thought process I was putting into it when we were making the line. Like it's probably yeah. a half an hour and, and Scotty and your brother are throwing all the decoys out the back end because they pretty much know the, where the back of it's going to be, but it's the front creating that landing area on that mini horseshoe or the rounded horseshoe kind of kind of look or, or widened horseshoe, if you want to call it, kind of look on where they're going to land and trying to figure out how they're going to come into the wind and how they're going to land. And I, I second guess, triple guess, I, I got to really think that through this time. None of that. It was okay. Wind's going to be that way. Perfect. We're going to set up like a, a rounded horseshoe. Perfect. Let's do her. And we just went to town. And so we got it knocked out. And I'm telling you, I couldn't believe how fast it was. We had 40 minutes before legal shooting time. Blinds were brushed in. Decoys were all out. And we were going to stop with probably 30 in the trailer. And dad, I said to dad, like, look, it's, it's still dark. So it's tough to see way back. But we're about 70 yards back behind our blinds. We've got 70 yards. Do you think we need any more out behind us? Dad looks and goes, well, got a few more. I don't even think he could see that far in the dark. <laughs> but so we did. We put me so and Scott were- kept on trucking and you t- we could take six at a time, right? So we might as well take another six each and walk them all the way back there. But so we did. So let, be, let 70 me, yards okay. behind your blind. So yep. you, you, I'm, I'm going to ask, I'm sure you're going to get to this, but your blind was right up next to the, the decoys or there was 70 yards. Oh, we're going to, I'll, I'll tell hold, you that. Yeah. That's a spoiler alert, but you yeah. wait. Hold on one second. Cause I'm going to interrupt and I'm going to let him take over because let me, He's first thing I me. said, okay, we were, <laughs> like he has a choice a week before with you guys. <laughs> Six blinds. We decided to put them door to door. Yeah. Right? So I said, okay, there's just four of us today. Scott and, and uh, Mike are sharing a gun. Are we spreading them out? And Todd says, no, it, it's, it, this one was wheat. This wasn't corn. This is wheat. He said, let's put them door to door again. And then we can just make a one nice area of wheat and really feather that wheat down. No shadow. Just to make it look flat from the air. So that's what we did. So Michael and I are on the rakes. That was the most work, let me tell you. Not oh yeah. putting out decoys. Because even when they got the, Oh, dude, yes. Even when they got done with the decoys, they come over and started raking for us and bringing us the wheat. Because I had every one of those little slots on the blinds stuffed with wheat so it wouldn't fall off. But we needed wheat beat down the crack between us, behind us, in front of us, around us. And we, it took a you don't lot want of the big shadow, right? So you got four yeah. blinds crammed together, and and they're sitting up like coffin blinds, but they're sitting up high enough that now you need enough wheat to to make that really subtle into the ground. So I mean, you're going a good two feet off of the all the way around those four blinds to get down to ground level. So there's no shadow, and it just especially looks at the back gradual. end, like the the blinds taper down to the ground on the front. But at the back, it drops off at your head. So you need to taper that down the same as the front is. Now, I'm going to back up the truck here a little bit because on, let me see the date here, September 9th, 2010, early goose opener, Don and Todd, and it names the field and where it was. It was a wheat field, and this was labeled the new layouts. 
So September 9th, 2010 was the first hunt with our new layouts. That was 10 years ago. And Todd and I got 13 geese that morning. And so after we're all done and we got it all set, Todd went in and they got the rest of the decoys and they put them out. And they'd even helped, and we still had a little time. It was the sun was just starting had to come of time. up. I went walking for woodcock. I was waiting for the. <laughs> I was standing there waiting for the sun to come up to take a picture. I got to send you a picture because I opened two and left two closed, and it's amazing because you don't even know there's four blinds there. You cannot even tell where the other two blinds are with the doors closed. And I was so proud of this job, and we'd spent the extra work on it. And so we're standing there waiting any, for it to get light. Any more wheat, we could have created a vestibule. <laughs> <laughs> I like, you know, I, that's the one thing I learned. Bunks, everything else I learned I took away from is the the amount that you guys brush in blinds. And I look back at a few pictures that I took on from standing back and, and, and shooting a picture of that. And it just looks like the holes of the coffin blinds. And that's it. When the doors are open. That's how much they were feathered out, and they, they looked just like a cornfield. And you guys, when you brush in blinds, you guys do it right. I've had I've had newer shooters when we take them, and they're like, "How do you know when you're done?" I said, "Well, when you think," and I, and I used to say this all the time: "When you think that you have enough, double it. Yeah, yeah. Go keep get, on going. Go get more." So anyway, we stand. Sorry, Bill. Go ahead. Yeah, those cut wheat fields aren't easy no. to get stuff in because the new tractors and everything. Like even the soybean fields when they cut, they leave nothing yeah. behind yeah. anymore. There was some tracks where it was right, but in the dark, and we got all those big LED light bars on the back of the trailer, so it lights it up fairly decent. But we were having to walk so far away to find where you know there was, and now there is clover and stuff growing up around yeah. it, so it's hidden. But you find where okay, there's there's been a bunch of 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 actual straw like dropped here let's rake it up and let's get her going and so yeah like i was walking 70 80 i was walking to the back of the decoys to, to yeah. rake up and then scott followed me pick it up and i'd move on to the next area and, and just you're just dragging a rake hoping all of a sudden stuff starts to come and then you find the the mother load and oh good we got a big pile here and yeah and then yeah so we're standing here talking and i said i said to Ty, you know what i want to try sometime he's what's that i want to go back to when you know the first few hunts with the new layouts and even into the next year when we had the blinds brushed in way in front of the decoys so we were the landing area and I remember that first hunt because Todd wanted with the new layout and that's the way we had it we had when they I said to Todd when they come over us we don't want them looking at this pile or or even detecting that we've got blinds hidden here we want them looking at the geese so that they know they need to touch down right in front of those geese. And right in front of those geese where they touch down, that's where I want the blinds. And that first hunt, when I, I remember I talked about it, I think the last podcast, where I sat up and there was no geese. Well, they were under where I was looking. They were almost on the ground right at my feet. They were. Todd said, well, I didn't call the shot yet because I wanted to see if they land on us. And they were. They were going to land right on our blinds. And they were so <laughs> low coming in that they were under my under my site. I said, I'd like to try that sometime. He says, well, let's do it now. I said, oh, no, no, not now. I said, you'd have to move like 50 decoys here and back them all you know, up. You originally said like 10. Scotty then was like <laughs> more like 50. And, yeah. So I said, no, no, no. And I said, and I don't want to screw it up. I mean, you know, we had success last week 
And you no, know, I thought, oh, that's good. I just want to try it sometime when, you know, we got 40, 50 geese under our belt this year, then we'll, we'll try it. And, uh, so anyway, yeah, okay. So I'm getting comfy and I'm starting to get stuff together. And the next thing I know, Todd's moving decoys and Scott and him are moving decoys. I says, what are you doing? He says, we're doing it. And I'm going to let you let Todd take over from here because my mouth well, dropped. They are moving decoys. Well, I'm looking at it and I'm like, okay, maybe 20. We got lots of time. So maybe 20, we move them. And then I'm like, okay, what if, so when I got looking at the spread, we put, I originally had us behind a line and a half, I would say, of decoys. So I had I had some in front of our blinds so that they weren't looking right at our blinds. And then the majority, like, so you got the roundest. I'm going to, I'm going to try to try to draw this verbally. So we've got the wide horseshoe, big wide fingers. They probably each side went out to a single goose, single, single file line of geese on each side of us at probably, if you were looking at a clock, I would say 10 o'clock and a little wider than two o'clock. And so we had that, that wide single lines all the way out about 70 yards each side. So we're funneling them in like a, a, a runway and then come in. So it was fairly wide enough. I would say that from one side to the other, where our blinds were, it would have been probably 60 yards across wide. So that's a really comfy landing that's, zone. Uh, yeah, that's lots. That's really comfy, right? And I figured because all four of us are packed in there, if they land to the left of us or they land to the right of us, within that 60 yards, they're shootable on each side because they're not going to go that close to each one of those lines. They're going to be at least 10 to 15 yards inside that. Well, no, that puts them at the, at the most 30 yards from us, 35. So we're good to go. And, and then you got more than one goose coming in like that. Well, then that's going to push them even in even more closer, right? Cause they're going to filter in as the flux comes down. So that was, it was looking good. And then dad says this. And then, so I'm looking at it and I'm like, well, okay. He didn't, you could tell dad didn't like the decoys in front of our blind. Cause that was going to push him out an extra 15 to 20 yards in front of us versus being that closer to us. But I didn't want him looking at our blinds. I want him looking at decoys or the landing area in front of our blinds. So they're not looking at them. But then after dad said that, I thought, you know what? Well, like, when, when are we going to try this? Because every time you get a field, you're like, well, we got a good field. I don't want to mess it up. Yeah. So now's better than the Northern birds start coming out. You're getting flocks of 80 to a hundred that have been shot at all the way from up North and are super wary. Might as well try it now when you got some stupid ones in the area. Might as well. Right. So I said, okay, well, what if we just take these ones from here that were in front of the blind and get them out of here? So at least they're, they'll close up the gap another 10 yards closer to us. So I grabbed those ones and I put them out to the lines on the outside so that start to fill them out a bit more from the single file. And then, uh, so then, okay, got that. But then I'm looking, I'm like, well, now I might as well just move, you know, the, the eight that are behind us and around our blind. Now we got some good, we got a good six to eight yards between each decoy because that, that big space gives them that comfy and I want to land there and they might even land right amongst those decoys. So they're going to go right over our blinds and want to land right amongst them. If you got the space wide enough, because like you sure. said, coyote comes in when there's danger, they flock up. So the wider the space between them, the more comfy they look, there's less danger thought process. So that was, I thought, well, we could, so there's eight or so behind our blind that we could kick out then out to that, because now as those lines come down and get even with our blinds and make that big horseshoe, 
it, it, it's now widening out. So we can add them and just make it wider as we go back further and bring sure. it from the middle to the outside and just make those lines wider back there. So Scotty says, yeah, okay. So we start moving eight. And we're like, we might as well keep going. Like how, how deep do you want to make this pocket? So now we got 20 yards behind us before the decoys. No decoys so, so now we are in that 60 yard spot between those two lines. We're in the middle of that 60 yards with 20 yards behind us of no decoys, just one giant pocket. That's awesome. And with, and then they go back deep 80 yards plus thick, like I don't even 20 decoys wide all the way back with, with five to eight yards between the decoys. That's wide. And that goes back way back 80 plus yards behind us. So they're not going to want to land no, anywhere else in that field because, Oh my gosh, that looks so comfy right there. That's a safety zone and a half. Look at the size of that pocket. It's, it's 60 yards wide and it's, it's now 60 yards long. And us doing that, being in that middle with 20 yards behind us, that meant that if they landed 20 yards in front of us, where they were originally going to sh- going to land, going to thought they would land, we're going to be able to shoot them. They might want to go behind us. They're going to have to go right over us, and we're going to yeah. shoot them. But now that to them looks like 60 to 70 yards of safety. Sure. They can, and they can land anywhere in there, and we're in the middle. We can shoot them anywhere in there. So once we got that done, I was like. This is my newfound love. Forget the J hook. If this works, we got them landing on top of us, landing 10 yards in front of us, or coming by us so low and slow about to land right over our heads that we're, we're in the magic zone, man. Like they're going to be hanging right over top of our blinds as they're, as they're landing right behind us. Yeah. And you're not going to let them get there. You're going to take them as they're coming down four feet over the ground getting ready to hook up and land down. Right. So that's truly feet in your face. So after all, I'm like, if this works, if they don't look at our blinds and they're going to land like that, this is the best, this is the best setup ever. So after it's all done and Todd's standing there looking at it, he said, we used to do this. I said, yeah, we did (laughs) this when we first got the new layout concussions. We were the landing zone. We wanted them to look at the geese, not where they're landing on us. We didn't want them to even pick out any lumps we wanted to fill these in so it looked flat from the sky and and just pay no us no attention and yeah we used to do that and you heard me talk about the the scouts well it they were later flying this time bill too way later dude we were Were nervous like they they came in at what seven o'clock when you were with us which i said was unheard of like that they were coming in 20 minutes after legal shooting time which was absolutely insane. I mean, ducks will come in that early. Doves will start zinging around that early, but no way. Geese are usually a good hour after that. And they were late. So when you guys came, they were coming in 20 minutes late. This time it was 8.20, 8.30, and we're going really? like there's not a goose oh, in the no. air. Now I'm going, Dad, Dad, I trusted you. <laughs> I said to him, they were here at quarter to 10. They were here from 9.30 to quarter to 10. I watched them. They're just slate flying. Watch for the scouts. And lo and behold, we heard two scouts. And all I'm going to say is I never even, I gave Scott my gun because Cotton and and Mike were sharing one. I gave Scott my gun. I said, I'm not even going to sit up on these scouts. I'm going to film it. Don't mess up. Did you film it? I filmed it. How come I haven't seen it? Well, you didn't take it off the card. (sighs) 
<laughs> I'll tell you about it. But Todd will tell you. Go ahead, Todd. Well, so we hear the bark, bark, and you know me, I'm standing up, so we got to jump in the blinds. So we jump in the blinds. Here come two, and it was it was textbook. And but when they came right in, right down, they wanted to land where our blinds were, but just past me. So I'm on the far right side. Scotty, and then it goes. How did it go? It Michael. Went, Scott, no, th- no, you, me, Michael. Michael, Scott, Dad. Yeah. So they came past. They came in and down my side, and and were they were locked in. They hooked around out front of me at maybe seven to eight yards, slowing seven, down eight. seven to eight yards, like literally off my feet. So and then flapping their wings with their feet down as they hooked back into the wind to land on the other side of Dad, and so I yelled. Take them because if I waited even a split second longer, I couldn't shoot or I'd be shooting right over Michael's head. And you know how that yeah. feels, Bill. Yeah, <laughs> not, not advisable. <laughs> so safe. But but yeah, you, you, you're you you're going to have some concussion. So yeah. as they were, they were hooking, back, yeah. <laughs> you're welcome. As they were hooking around, I yelled, take them. We me and Scott, Michael, we jumped up, put the gun up. I. I put it on the back one. I pulled my trigger and it just folded. That was the picture I sent you. Scott pulled the trigger on his and down it went. I said, Michael, I don't think you shot. He says, forgot to take off the safety. (laughs) (laughs) I said, I couldn't wait any longer. I'd be putting a shot over your head. So I walked over. Scotty had to chase his down, put the big Shrek mitts on it and and do what he had to do. But mine was laying and I took a picture and sent it to you. And so, you know, now I backed that up that, you know, the ones I shot. (laughs) Anyway, moving. Anyway, my goodness. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, it looked like the wad went through its cheek (laughs) and and it very well could have. As soon as they heard the, the honks and yep, there's two in front coming in. I just got the camera up and hit record and I just held it there. And then finally I could see them on the camera. Like they, the camera's small screen. It's just a little handheld. And finally I could see them and I just held it on them coming in. And they set their wings and they came down and then they cut across in front and then just made that hook. And the wings were set and they were just feet down. And Todd yelled, take them. And I didn't even come up. I just came up on one elbow just high enough above my door of the blind so that I got the ground in the picture and boom, boom. And they came down just like that. Boom, boom. And they both just folded and fell and hit the ground. And I got it all on film. Perfect. Have you That's watched it? Perfect. Yeah, I've watched it about eight times. It's awesome. And why have you not <laughs> even bought it? Good <laughs> griefness. Uh, you didn't yeah, bring I'm it over tonight, to did you? No, I didn't bring it with me, but uh, I can. it's yeah. handy. Uh, anyway. I'm going to have to wait for that one. Yeah. Have to so, wait. so that worked That worked out well. So it did. First so, two came in, two in, two shells. And boom, two boom, yep, done. Two shots, two two geese down, and we're we're pretty pumped. And I'm like, okay, this is gonna work. So you still don't really know because it was only two, and two can be pretty stupid. But yeah, it was it was awesome. I mean, they hooked right in, and I mean, we pulled the trigger so close. It was it was amazing. So feeling pretty good. We grabbed them as we're sitting there. We had another flock come in, do the same thing. Awesome, perfect. Knock them down. Excellent. So I, unfortunately, when they came in, they did the same deal. They cut in front of us, but their flock, there was what, that seven in that flock? Yeah. Came in in front of us and skirted down in front of Michael, Scott, and, and dad. And then I had one break off and come my way. 
And, and so when we, when I yelled, take him, I went to him, pulled the trigger. By the time I got turned around, the, they were flying away and it was butts that all I could see. So I only got that one shot on him, but they still did exactly what we needed. Well, to do. hold on. Did you get the one that you shot at drop dead on arrival? Oh, of course D-O-A. It dude in the head. Like you knew when it, you were cleaning the geese, which ones I put down. It was like, it saw you sit up and said, I give up. I, is, that, I mean, is that what you're it, telling me? It might as well have. And there I could have saved the shell, but it could have, but yeah, but, I, I, I gave up hitting them with shot. Now I, I like to yeah. try and hit them with the wad. I, I understand how you roll. This is exactly. And Don, I don't know how you, you, you sit beside him there with his head swelling. I, up the I way can't, it is. I the can't take this. I'm biting my tongue, but I am going to tell you this. When we were cleaning them, Todd was shooting this supersonic, shiny steel. I don't know what it's coated with. And I'm not even sure what size. What 1,700 size feet per second. Were they BBs? BBs? They were, because they didn't have triple Bs. Were they coated or something? No, no, but they were just shiny. But they were these, they, they looked like the little... The little silver balls you put on a cake. They I'm were so shiny. Like that. I'm fancy like that. <laughs> and, and I cleaned one of these geese. I skin them, right, first. So I cut I cut the, the skin in the breast, and I'm peeling it back. And as I peel it back, right in the middle of this breast, here is this shiny BB sitting really? on the skin of the breast. He Scott, was, Scott it, borrowed uh, one of my shells. I said, you got to try this. <laughs> but it went through the skin, but did not go into the meat or through the breast. Now I've seen some shot. That's because I hit the breast and no, through the breastbone. No, that was the one. This, it was flying well, away. Me talk. Texas heart <laughs> shot. <laughs> Texas heart shot. Seventy-eight point four yards flying away, and I put it right through the, the back end, and it came through the breast and held out in the skin. Well, you lift. It didn't come. There was no hole from the inside out. This supersonic BB had made a little round <laughs> dent, not even half the BB, about one third of the BB, and it was sitting in a dimple like on a golf ball in the breast meat. That's because I hit it with the wad. And in the I head. peeled the skin right off over it. I left it sitting right in there. I cut the breast out and I walked <laughs> over and I served it to Todd on the breast, sitting in this little dimple. And I said, "Is this this supersonic stuff that all it made it through <laughs> was the skin?" Let me let me tell you something. He dug that out of the head of one of them. Planted it there oh, yeah. and brought it's it over. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah. I can imagine that's what you'd do in the middle of all the bees that were in the backyard. That, that's no bees this week. For. No bees this week. We were of good to go. Not. Of course not. Yeah, no bees. So let me ask you another question. Yeah. Did you have, uh, does Scott have a single shot because he was had your dad's gun or did you? No. Have to so make it work? dad's gun, I took it all apart the night before. He waited. He waited, Bill, till the night before. Oh. I kept bugging him. Like, let's be organized, I dad. You. I, have I not taught you anything in the 40-something years that I've been alive? Like, come on. Okay. Can you You're not too old to get smacked. <laughs> uh, you know I was having trouble lifting that long gun. My arm, yeah. it just oh, didn't here have we, strength. Here we go. So, I, like, I forced him for this. Let I me dug, tell you. I dug out my over and under, my Browning Satori, and I put in the steel chokes for for steel. And I said, I'm taking this gun because I don't often get more than two shots anyway. And this will have, it doesn't have the weight out over the forehand that, that this arm needs to lift. And I think I'm going to be able to lift this, this gun and swing it a little quicker and maybe even get two shots off this time. So that's what I'm going to take. And he said, no. He said, bring your gun over if no. I can get it working. He says, I'm going to go back to my pump 
and I'll give you the Benelli auto loader because it's identical oh. to mine. And so that's what he did because he couldn't get mine working. Now he took <laughs> my trigger and bolt and everything, put it in his gun, worked great. So we know there's something wrong with the frame. And of course, okay. Dean at Goebbels wasn't in till today. He hadn't, he wasn't in all week. So I took it to Dean today and he says, yeah, it's something. There's no buffer working in the stock. He says. It's I'll, in the recoil spring in yeah, the stock I'll, I'll, that comes yeah. down, right? So uh, I could have taken that part apart, but I was like, mm, 930 yeah, at no, night. No, so no, he's going to fix it up for me. But uh, I said, no, um, next time I am going to take the Satori. I had his whole trigger assembly apart. I had everything apart. And then I put it all back together, put it in my gun, worked fine. So. Hmm. So but, you didn't, why did you put it in your gun? Did, did yours have uh, too gummed up or wasn't clean? Or no, because I figured I might as well clean mine while I was doing it. If I was taking it apart, I might as well take mine apart. And so he put all that in his gun to see if it would work, and it did. So we knew it's something in the frame or in the stock. Yep. So so that narrowed it down. It so was, I took the stock off. I was about to crack into that recoil spring. Like no. it's got a It's got a buffer thing in there. It's got this big plug and a spring loaded in, and I thought, man, I get into that, and something comes flying out of there, and I lose it. But I had already taken it all apart, taken everything out, cleaned it, sprayed it, put it all back together, and it, it still wouldn't stay locked back. So I thought, okay, it's got to be something in the frame. But yeah. he wanted to try it in his gun. But anyway, anyway. yeah, but, but so I was shooting my old 870 waterfowl, 30-inch barrel on it, 3.5-inch, and, and Dad and, and Scott were sharing my Super Black Eagle, too. So... My 870, I will say, twice it jammed on the pump. I only got really? one shot you sh- off. You yep. short check it? Yeah, I, I don't know because it, it took me a second to realize on, and I think that was part of my problem too, when the second flock came in and I had one come right in front of me and I dropped it and then I turned to go to the others, I forgot to pump it. I had to go, if, oh, yeah. crap. Honestly, if you're not used to it and you go back to it, you forget yeah. the pump. Yeah, <laughs> yep, totally. And it's been some years. But it's still, it's still deadly. I still like it. I could still pull that sucker up and, and work good. I love a long barrel gun, and that's a 30-inch waterfowl edition. They're not very three common, and a half but inch, eh? three and a half inch because they don't make four. But you would have been disappointed in me, Bill. I became the almost guy. Oh, uh, Todd or Scott gave me the Benelli back. He says, okay, your turn. He says, I'll watch Michael. Well, this group came in. I'm on the left. Oh, wait, the, wait, wait, wait. Let no, me, no, no, no. Because I got a, pre, I got a pre. Oh, there's Lord, a predecessor go. to this. So <laughs> we're in, we're in the blinds, and here's where I was gonna say you got to be dead, dead on the spot where they're coming in in a big field because this field was not that big, and yet we still had these two. There's ponds all around us. I mean, there's a gravel pit on one side. There's a huge uh, ducks unlimited wetlands behind us. No hunt zone that there's a bunch in and, and all the way uh, 360 degrees. There's geese, families of geese living. We had these two, all of a sudden we hear and two come from the ducks unlimited area, right towards us really low. And I'm here we go. Jump in the blind, sit down, ready to rock. And instead of coming all the way past our decoys, cause they came from behind us and the wind again is blowing at our back. So they got to land into the wind. They should have come all the way past our decoys, past that 80 to 100 yard of decoys, circled around and dropped in. Instead, they just came straight across that road, really, really low, turned, hooked, and landed by themselves away from our decoys and everything. Like they knew where they were going. That's the spot. Didn't even care there was other geese in it. 200 yards away from us, dropped in. No kid. So I'm like, well, 
we know. And now, so anybody that doesn't do this a lot, listen up. Cause I don't know if we've covered this, but you never leave live um, geese in the field. Even if it's only one or two, they will pull that flock that's coming in to them. It's like Murphy's law for you. If you have two and you think, well, I'll just leave them live decoys 200 yards away. Every flock coming yeah. after that's going to those two. I guarantee it's, it. It's not like turkeys in a field that are live decoys or heads yeah. in your decoy set. Yeah. They'll, they'll pull the birds away. For you sure. got it. And, and only two. They'll, they'll pull a whole flock of 40, just two. So Scotty knows this. Scotty didn't have the gun. He's like, I'm going. So where you go? Well, let's get a game plan. No, I'm just going to walk straight back. I'm going to keep my distance. I'm going to walk all the way around them. And then I'm going to push them so that they come towards you. Well, if you want to be my guest. So he got up and away he goes. Well, it's, it, I mean, it's a good eight to 10 minutes for him to walk all the way down to the road, really wide and come up oh, just as he gets down parallel with them. And he's now 200 yards past them. He gets down parallel and all of a sudden, bark, 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 and here's a flock of 20 plus coming oh. from the other direction. So he hits the dirt right along the road and he's laying down. These two are still stuck back there. And here comes this giant flock. Well, at this time now, the wind had shifted even more blowing east. So we are set up so that it was going to be perfect. So now it's coming out of the east going going west and we were set up for northeast. So now they're coming and they're staying down the west side of our line and they're wide and we're in the blinds and I'm calling. I've now got the flag and the call because Scotty, the flag man is down along the road, laying down in the field. And so I'm doing, well, they come down and they're looking, they're getting low They're You know, they're coming in this field. But like I said, those two are there. They pulled them past our line of decoys right down, hook up and down they go to where those two are. Well, no I'm way. on the horn and you've heard me now, Bill. I'm just, I'm excited. I'm flagging that flag. Well, luckily I kept what dad, 10 or 12 up in the air. Yeah. Like they are now they're wanting to land against our back of our decoys, but they stay up in the air because of the excitement. And now they come in behind us and they hook behind our blinds in that big wide opening and come right up beside dad. And so now there's 12 and now, now we're at the point where dad is. So dad's got the gun. Scott's out. Michael's sitting beside me. I got mine. We're ready to dance. So I can't shoot that way because here they come over there. That's directly over top of Michael and dad. Dad's the guy with the gun. So I yell, take them. I literally get up out of the blind, run around behind them and stand behind dad and get a shot off at one. And then, Dad, now you could tell your side where you're going to be. That wasn't even the story I was going to tell. I was going to tell a different one. That's the flock. That's the flock. No, no, you finished this one. Scott was right beside me, the one I was going to tell. Well, I don't know when that one was. Well, I'll tell that one. But you finish this one because I forgot about this one. I had a touch of death. I put this one out of my mind, too. (laughs) So, So anyway, pull the trigger. I don't, I think one, one fell, Bill. One goose dad trying to get up these guys swinging behind us beside coming from behind us and and they were leaving i mean they're going with the wind so they're picking up some speed they're picking speed and, yeah. and so i run around and i think we got one goose out of i that. got so one was, shot off maybe and didn't get anything michael got three shots off shots off but they came from behind and and he didn't connect and yeah, it was just I, a disappointing i pulled the trigger and shucked and that gun jammed and that was that oh. 
Yeah. And like I said, you should have kept the Benelli. You'd have had three geese there because I never even, I only got one shot away and it didn't connect. And all three, yeah, and Michael, 30, 30 plus flew away. away. And, and I'm standing connect. there with two shells in my gun. Yeah. And I'm standing there with two shells in my gun, one jammed in the chamber, already shot, watching these guys fly over my head. No, the story I was going to tell. <laughs> right. The flock, a flock came in, <sighs> did the hook, did the thing it was supposed to do. Scott says, here, it's your turn. Take the gun. I said, no, Scott, my arm's really aching today. I said, I'm, I'm slow getting up. Nope, nope. It's your turn. Like Scott's like that. I'll watch Michael. You go. And so they landed. He just didn't want to be embarrassed. The, the, <laughs> the left hand of this flock, like when they're coming at you, looking at them, right and left the left hand birds were right on the edge where i was and then the rest of the birds were to the right of that in front of todd and and michael and so by the time i got up they'd already sat up michael and todd are, are dropping birds and the only shot i got is a bird going away i can't shoot to right because because scott had sat up to and pointing birds out to michael that one right there michael and and so Scott recognized the only shot I had was one going away. And he says, Don, right in front of you, that bird quartering away on you. And it was another one of these 60, 70. And I thought, yep, on it, Scott. And I muscled the gun up. I swung along his body. And when I got in front of the, the head, there was an angle, in front of the head, I touched it off. The head dropped. The bird turned oh, sideways. Oh, I seen that. I seen him, yeah. And Scott said, there you go, Don. And dog on it, two feet off the ground, he recovered and flew away. Oh no! Yeah, yeah. he recovered and flew away. Like he he was falling. Uh, he was falling. I said, he, "Hey, you ain't shooting BB supersonics, are you?" No, I was. Oh. I was shooting BBs, not number twos. And I went, "Oh, I should have had twos in my own gun." But anyway, Jeez. in my own gun. <laughs> so anyway, well, I thought, "Oh, Bill gone. would have loved that." I became the almost guy. He almost came down. Well, I was there in spirit, I guess. And I wish I was there, there in person. Yeah. But we kept thinking about you. That was, yeah, I was waiting for the updates and, and I didn't get any for a while there. I was getting kind of a little bit nervous about what your day was all about. So, <laughs> oh yeah, it got busy day, but, but, but yeah, it was all said and done. I think what we end up with that seven, seven, yeah, seven geese. So I had a little bit of fun on Facebook. I, uh, I had the four, I said to Scotty, take my phone. Let's line these seven geese up out front of the blinds. I'm going to kneel down. Let's leave the blinds open. Give me all your guns. Let's put the guns in the blinds right there. Take the photo. I'm going to post it on one of these big groups and say, solo hunt. We <laughs> got, got seven. Oh. And he's like, you're not. I said, absolutely. So I, <laughs> I did. I posted it up there. And, and with, uh, I think they call that a troll. I think I was, I've, I've been labeled. And so I put it on there and oh my gosh, the fun that I had for the rest of the day, Bill, it was enjoyable. People going, <laughs> it's illegal to have three guns and, and hunting by yourself. And I tagged it up. Like, I'm like successful solo hunt was quite a bit of work putting out 140 plus decoys and four blinds, but we were okay. <laughs> Okay, hashtag solo hunt, hashtag hunting by myself, hashtag hunting all alone, hashtag <laughs> alone hunting. And people that just started, but, you, it's illegal to hunt with. But one guy got it, Bill. I, I laughed. I, I read this one comment. One guy got it. And he said, little word of advice. Don't bring so many blinds and so many guns. You'll be able to carry more decoys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but yeah, it was it was pretty comical of all that. So I, I did have some fun out of it, even though I got seven. So then Scotty's like, Well, take my picture. And then I had Michael lay behind him. So then I 
people were chirping and like, I, I can't remember what they said. They, they always going on and I'm like, well, hey, my buddy also had almost a very similar hunt. He got seven too. <laughs> I posted his pick and then yeah. his nephew. And then look, our other buddy, Michael, he was out by himself and he got seven or so. So well, people believe anything you put in front of them sometimes, you know? Yeah. Oh yeah. No, it was good. It was good. So you guys uh, heading out this weekend? If we find a field, I got to get up in the morning and see what's up. Well, it's uh, one weekend left, and then you've got options as to what you're going to do. You're right. You're hunting. You're right. Opener. I yeah. took. Uh, I booked off the second of October. Well, October first is my Christmas. It, it's my uh, opening of the bull hunt season for uh, uh, for deer. And I typically, every single year I book it off and the people at work don't understand how excited and passionate I am about getting out there on opening day. Well, this year opening day falls on a Thursday and they booked employee meetings on the Thursday. So I got to be at six of them. <sighs> so being, uh, being that I'm, uh, excited hey, about you want, going. I got an idea. You want two weeks off? Call in the COVID. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I didn't tell you. I went for a COVID test. Oh, did you do a COVID test? Uh, I didn't tell you guys. It's part of my week. I went for a COVID test. Did you stick the swab? Okay, so hear me out and, and just entertain me. And I don't, I don't disregard that it actually exists or anything like that. Nobody get on me. Nobody beat me up. All that fun stuff. But for this test, it's pretty invasive, from what I understand. However, you can catch it just by touching a surface. But in order to see if you have it, they gotta shove this Q-tip and touch your brain. Oh, I'm pretty sure they tickled the back of my eyeballs. I'm telling you, that's how far up there <laughs> it went. <laughs> okay, carry on. So, all right, I'll tell you I'll tell you my COVID test experience. We got our local hospital, uh, Stevenson Memorial, which is in Alliston. Shout out to everybody that's there that's listening. I appreciate the support and everything you do. But you didn't need to stick that Q-tip so far up my nose. So <laughs> I went for a... Uh, an appointment 7 a.m. I, I was asymptomatic. There was no no reason for me to go other than peace of mind. I'm heading up north this weekend. My parents are are, are super uh, cautious about the COVID situation. Yeah, my right. grandmother's in an old old age home. Long story short, to do my due diligence to make sure everybody was safe or feeling safe around me, I said I'll take one for the team. I'll go for my COVID test. So it's a free clinic. You, you, you don't obviously, or sorry, a, a clinic where you don't book appointments. First come, first serve, 8 a.m. to 12 p.m. Okay. I got there at 20 to 8, thinking I would be one of the first ones in line. No way. There was 20, 30 cars in front of me lined up really? to get into this this place at the hospital. Yeah, it was incredible. So I I didn't move for... It started to open at eight and I didn't get my test until 10, 17 in the morning. Wow. Incredible. I went through the line and it wasn't because they were inefficient what they were doing. It was just, that's how the process took. It, it was drive through. So it wasn't a walk-in. It was drive through. We, we get into the hospital line, we go through. And now I'm watching, I'm watching the people that's under tent. You drive up to this tent and there's two nurses that are actually administering the test and there's a third lady that is taking everybody's uh information you know why are you here i come to find out she's asking why are you here you know who you sent by the doctor blah blah all that stuff you fill out a bunch of forms before so she should have already known the information doesn't matter she's doing her job right 
Anyways, I drive up and they're thinking, hey, look at this new guy. Must have been because the lady that had been asking everybody for their information. Yeah, she's the one who administered my test. So I, <laughs> she sticks a, the, the Q-tip and does the COVID test, tickles the back of my eyeballs. How did that feel? Did it hurt? I'm so curious. No, no, no hurt. No hurt. It was. It, 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 did she find anything? Reflux. Was it like, could it have gone back further? I don't know. Like, <laughs> like to the she, back. She probably could have. But <laughs> she's she like, says, "This will take." I don't know if you got COVID, but you're missing some uh, brain matter <laughs> yeah. up in here. Hey, you know you got a sinus infection. I stuck <laughs> this up so far. <laughs> anyway, she you tip your head back, stick the Q-tip up my my left nostril, and a, and a cough reflex. It was it, it sent off. Just a, I had I kept coughing for the whole time. He says, well, this will take 10 seconds. And I'm like, it didn't take 10 seconds. It was like six seconds. I know what eight seconds is like. This wasn't. <laughs> but I wasn't getting cocky or nothing at this because she had this thing up my nose. And she pulls it out. You know, say hey, you're all done. My eyes are watering and I sneeze, put the mask back on over my, my face because that's what I, I needed to do. And the nurse that was doing everybody's tests waves me up as if I was going to get my test taken. The lady who took my test says, no, no, I've already done that guy. And the nurse says, oh, good for you. It was like her first what time. Mean, what do you mean? <laughs> so I'm like, what do you mean? Oh, good for you. <laughs> like, you've never done this before? I, I'm your, your first person that's ever, <laughs> you've ever done a test for? That's so <laughs> awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I get. I finally get up the you got the, the nerve rookie. or whatever to to go, and I and I'm the one. I'm a test pilot. You're the guinea the pig person. <laughs> You're a guinea pig. I like it. I like it. Oh, yeah. So, so it didn't hurt though. No, it didn't. Okay. Hurt. It was a weird sensation. It was like, uh, like you you ever drink pop and have the pop go up your nose? Yeah, I don't like that. That hurts. No, well, that that's the sensation. If you don't don't like that, then then you're not going to like having a test. But <sighs> you know, it, everybody. Uh, the almost guy is okay. He didn't get uh, okay. the, the most okay. test came back. Negative. So you're negative. So you're good to go. You yeah, go back yeah. to licking windows. Nobody's going to carry or start arguing. Hey, you're COVID free. Just let me lick this window. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Touching door knobs, <laughs> rubbing my eyes, all that stuff. I'm good. So my <laughs> so, the, the main question that everybody that's listening to this podcast right now wants to know, did that doctor's office have a vestibule? Did it have a vestibule? Did, did it have a vestibule? I have a no, vestibule. Just, I didn't know if it yeah. had a vestibule. I'm just trying to figure out what kind you went to. <laughs> no, no vestibule. It was an outdoor. Uh, I had the tunes rocking. It was good to go. <laughs> so. I, I had a similar experience this week, Bill. Not as drastic oh, as the COVID You start test, getting but, an older guy talking but, about doctor's offices, Bill. Yeah, this I, is a whole other podcast. I went to my physiotherapist yeah. and I was waiting in the vestibule for them to put me in a room. Vestibule. And I get in the room vestibule. and uh, they, they put the heat pad on for 15 minutes and then they come in with this uh, ultrasound. But it's not an ultrasound where they're looking. It's an ultrasound that shoots electrical impulses into the muscle and the tendons in your joints. And so they rub it all around for about 10 or 12 minutes. It's this ultrasound that's, that, that shoots this electrical uh, volts into your, into your joints. And <laughs> a couple of times the girl says, you're, you look like you're wincing. And I said, you're pushing me down in the chair with that thing. So that's not me. That's the electrical impulse. I must have it a little high. Hold on here. She <laughs> made an adjustment. <laughs> but, but this week, this week I went Mom's in, over there dealing with the dial. 
crap. And there's a, a new girl, and, and she comes in with the machine. She says, I'm going to do your ultrasound for you. And then so-and-so will be in for the massage and then in for the therapy and somebody else for the therapy part. I went, okay, good. And so she, she goops up this thing and she gets ready to put it on my shoulder. And she says, excuse me, I'm new here. And she hollers out to the girl up front. She says, how do I turn this on? And I go, oh, oh my Lord, is she going to electrocute me with this thing? I am with, I like, I'm cringing away from her when she's coming at me with this wand. But okay. Anyway. If we're going, if we're going old man stories, I, I've got to add one too. So I had a little bit of, I don't know how long ago, a long, long time ago, I had some chest pain. So everybody's like, Todd, you got to go to the doctor, yada, yada, yada. So I go do this run test on a treadmill. So the nurse there, I go to the hospital to do this and the doctor meets me there. He has his own office, but he meets me at the hospital because that's where they run this test. So away I go, get on this treadmill and I'm, I'm whooping it's butt. And the lady's going, we're going to have a monthly record. You keep going. This is un- incredible. So yeah, I'm whooping this thing. So I, I, after I got out, I called dad because dad had been for one. And I said, hey, I got the annual record. Like I'm the top guy. He's like, hey, do you know who the people are that you're running up against here on that <laughs> yeah. treadmill? So anyway, the results now I got to wait. I got to go and, and see the doctor. So I go to the actual office. Well, he's got one of these new dudes from the university that's like getting their, their like they get their pilot wings for doctorism, whatever the heck you want to call it. So I go through the vestibule and into the doctor's office and I sit down and they said, okay, lay down. I'm going to put this stethoscope thingy on your chest and, and he's going to listen to you. And, and I want him to tell me what he hears and all this stuff. I said, okay. So he starts putting the, the, the stethoscope on my chest. And he's like, can you, can you take some deep breaths? And I'm like, okay. So, and he's like, Oh, okay. Deeper, deeper breaths, deeper breaths. And I'm like, okay. And he's like, Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. You got to get over here. He says to the other doctor. So he comes flying over and he puts it on my chest and he's like, it pushes the guy out of the way. Well, now you don't need to put that thing on my chest. I'm pretty sure the amount of panic that they had into me at that <laughs> moment, the receptionist in the vestibule could hear my heart pounding. Like, what is going on? Like, I'm laying there with my eyes wide open. What, what, what the flip is happening here, right? He pushes this kid out of the way, puts this thing on my chest. He's like, what, what were you hearing? What were you hearing? And he whispers in his ear, and I don't even know what it was. He's like, Oh no, good grief. He's fine. That's just a heart murmur. And he goes back over and, and, and all was fine. But at that moment for that 20 seconds that that newbie was listening to my heart and all of a sudden went like the panic stricken look on his face and calling for a doctor to come over when I'm already on edge. That was intense. That was, that was, you realize you don't need to be an A student to be a doctor, right? (laughs) No. I do now. And now I get why my <laughs> grandmother always said they're just a bunch of quacks. And like she had the, the farmer's almanac would, would dictate what you did that day. And then the farmer's uh, medicinal guide would assist you, which may be like whatever that movie would put, would put your elbow in Windex. You're good to go. And so I yeah. get where grandma's coming from because that right there just proved to me like, what the heck? So I do have a heart murmur. I don't know even what that matters. Cause they told me, don't worry about it, but well, you're not going to be a pilot. I don't think but. really. I think that's uh, a. I wish I'd known that two years ago before I started down this road. Well, I tell you what, (laughs) I'm sure you get your money back (laughs) if you ask. Well, we're not watching (laughs) Top Gun again. On the days of thunder. He said whisper, which reminded me of another episode of that last Saturday. You know, I make Todd wear the 
the Rogers pen around his neck so I can hear him through my broadcast to my hearing aids. I'm four blinds away, right? No, oh, jeez. So he gets in the blind. He's all set. We're the Bluetooth the microphone. And it's a says, pen that goes around my neck. And he says, can you hear me, Dad? And I said, yep, I can hear you. And then he says, can you hear me, Dad? I said, yeah, I can hear you. <laughs> and then he goes, can you hear me, Dad? And I whispered back. Yes, I can hear you. And Scott started to laugh. He started to howl. I didn't even hear him. I don't have the microphone and, and says, ear, ear things in. What are you laughing at? Did Dad, did Dad whisper back? And Scott said, yeah, he whispered back. And Scott says, you can't talk about him today, Todd. He's dialed in. <laughs> yeah, no, that doesn't stop me. As evident with this. But anyway, so yeah, so this week coming up. We can wrap this up with, because uh, I know what you're doing. You're going up north to set it up, so we'll we'll hang tight and wait, Bill, for you to come back and tell us how ready you are to put down some big bones, some some monster yeah. antlers. I'm looking forward to. It. We got actually a, a new piece of property uh, that the landowner has given us permission to hunt that we've never been on or hunted. It's on the other side of the the magic swamp, so to speak. Oh. Have you even scouted it? All, no. So I've you're never, going in dark. Walked it. See, I like yeah. this because yeah, that's why I said trail cameras. I, I have like, I don't know, five or six. I don't have any out right now. Everybody's like, what do you mean you don't yeah. have them out? And well, I, A, I haven't had time and I probably would if I had time. But B, I don't like to know that there's not a big buck in my area. Yeah. I like to get out there and hope there's a big buck in my area. And if I got trail cameras everywhere and know there's not, well, how exciting is hunting season, right? So yeah. Yeah, I'm putting up three trail cameras, uh, mainly because this this I like to see what's out there too, and and what I have to hunt. Ninety percent of my pictures seem to be nocturnal bucks, anyways. But getting out there and and not being like I don't drive by this bush. It's it's because of where it is, obviously. And uh, it's nice to know that when we get up at Thanksgiving, hey, you got your tree stand in the right spot based on where you thought they were coming out, based on where they are coming out. It gives you an opportunity now to move maybe another tree or something if if they're if you were totally wrong with your your predictions your setups and um eh, you know what in the new block of bush that we have opportunity to to hunt this year i'll put a, a trail camera up on one side my dad will put one up on another side just to see if we can figure it out a little bit quicker yeah so. yeah i can see that yep right on well i'm yeah, anxious no, to good, hear good i'm good anxious check. to hear how much signs over there yeah me too you two, we're going to have a walk and next week we'll, uh, we'll let you know. Right on. All right. Well, it's a good podcast. Thanks, Bill. No problem. Thank you guys. Have a yeah. good night. Thanks, Take Dad. care, Bill. Have a good night. And that'll do it for this week, folks, for the Redneck Country Podcast. I'm Bill, the Almost Guy Tom. And I'm Todd. And thanks for listening. And folks, if you want to be part of the podcast or you want to give us some feedback or really contact us about anything, feel free to email us at podcast at theredneckcountry.com. Again, that's podcast at theredneckcountry.com. Thanks for listening. Talk to you again next week.